Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where where did you think we were going to record tonight? Your house? Haha, -ha, that's rich. There wouldn't be room. <laughs> I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. <laughs> and this week we are covering the absurd 2001 <laughs> Disney film, Max Keeble's Big Move. Oh my god, this movie's old enough to drink. It's so fried. Oh my good grief. Oh, this is such a crazy movie, guys. Buckle in. <laughs> Before we get started, before we get started, I'm sorry. I'm already laughing yeah, yeah. thinking about I it. I know, I know. I can't go on. Okay. <laughs> before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K I C K N S T R E A M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want you to come and join our little summer watch party. Guys, John Adams' coverage is underway on the Patreon. Oh my guys. Oh Oh my guys. <laughs> Instead of oh my god, it's an oh my guys. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> if you are not yet a $5 contributor, a little onion contributor at the $5 level, you need to be one today. For just $5 a month, you are getting access to all of our extended content, long form, covering TV. You're going to get some bonus episodes, some outtakes, maybe some stuff outside the timeline. I like, like how you always say that like you've got something naughty behind you or something. Oh, because I we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like you've got a secret. But guys, go join us on Patreon. You get a guaranteed two posts a month, and that's just for five dollars. Mm-hmm. And guys, it's doubling now. It is doubling because you now have access to our long-form coverage, which our first coverage is HBO's John Adams. So that's underway right now. Yeah, that's a new episode every week. Episode two should be dropping. So yeah. get, get on over and listen to Join or Die, guys. Like it's great. All right, let's move on out. Stop! Oh, come on. I put, like, no effort into that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I barely broke a sweat. Things aren't going Max Keeble's way at school. I don't want to go! I don't want to go! He's not the biggest man on campus. And the principal's not his biggest fan. Keeble! But something's about to happen. We're moving Friday! To turn his world around. I have one last day to take a stand. To make the school a better place for the kids I'm leaving behind. And oh yeah. There's just one small problem. <laughs> We're not moving? You're a smart little boy. But so am I. From Walt Disney Pictures, a movie for the underdog in all of us. Like someone declared at Max Keeble Day and forgot to tell me. Max Keeble's Big Move, available to own on Disney DVD and video Tuesday, June 18th. Guys, Tim Hill will never work again. Oh my God! Listen, the, <laughs> guys, the thing about this movie is I think it's good. I loved it as a kid. Oh, it was big, it, awesome energy. I always would love to like put myself in this movie. It's you, very, very childlike. It is, it is. And I love what you said earlier about how like this is a movie for kids. We have to keep the kids' attention. So that's why the pacing of this is so chaotic. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> so that the kids won't lose interest. <laughs> And I was five yeah. when this came out. And this is one of the first uh, movies I remember seeing trailers for on TV. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I was just like, oh, that movie looks so cool. We got to go see that. I don't know if we did go see it, but I remember that DVD that 
white and red DVD case for mm-hmm. Max Keeble's big move because I always just thought I always identified with Max. Max was so cool to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like and like I've just always loved it. But here we go. Yeah, Tim Hill. He's the film's director. He will never work again. Um, let's see. What I'm trying to see if there's a. Oh my God, he's working. Is he really? Oh my God, I I I underestimated Tim Hill. I really have. A, see now I'm taking it all back, guys, because he's done some bops. Um, Muppets from Space. <laughs> I did not do any, I'm sorry, I didn't do any research before looking at this. I just thought that since the movie was such a bomb, that <laughs> he would never work again. But that's for 99. He's a, pro- a writer. He wrote the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. That's incredible. In 2004. Um, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> yeah, he directed that. He also directed Alvin and the Chipmunks hey, from 2007. That wasn't awful. I mean, it was weird. Don't you agree? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> do you not agree? I do. Oh, my God. He was a writer on Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, he was a writer on SpongeBob. <laughs> okay, Tim, Tim, I'm sorry. I yeah. know you're not listening. You owe Tim an apology. I doubted you, and I shouldn't have doubted you. This one was just not your best. <laughs> uh, financially, you know what I mean? So, guys, the film made $18.6 million against a budget of $25 million. Oh, so it lost money. Yeah, it lost. Yeah, it lost. <laughs> Seven million dollars. Yeah, that's which not is good. a lot of money to lose. <laughs> it's a twenty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's low. I don't understand how this movie bombs so bad. Like, I love this movie. It- not that I'm the standard for film critique, but well, that's what I'm saying. Is it because it's for kids and the people who write movie reviews are not kids? This literally says Max Keeble may be fun for kids, but bland and unoriginal for adults. Well, it's not for you. It's really not. Like, for crying out loud, I don't know why I have to explain this to people. And you know what? I was also a kid. Yeah. In these times. I was a kid who was just starting school. Uh Uh-huh. Like, for the first time, and this was just, this was great to watch. All right, folks, you might have guessed it, but we've got names. We've got some crazy names here today. (laughs) Starring as Max Keeble. In Max Keeble's big move, we have Alex D. Linz. Now, most of you will probably recognize him from the third Home Alone film. <laughs> Home Alone 3, it's just not Kevin anymore. <laughs> Where he has chicken pox. Exactly. And he stays home from school one day. You know what? I like it. No, I know. <laughs> I like that Home Alone. Because there's more intrigue. Yeah. There are like governments involved, you know what I mean? Because like... it's about a kid who has chicken pox and has to stay home alone from school. With and... a missile chip in his toy car? Yeah, there's a, a fucking <laughs> intelligence chip in his toy car. And these three goons are trying to recover it for their government. You guys have probably seen Home Alone 3, but we just can't stand it. But like that is just wild. It is wild. Uh, he's also the voice of the young version of Tarzan in Tarzan. Oh my god! Yeah, he's the voice for that. Yeah, he kind of dropped off the map film-wise, like, pre-2010. I mean, Uh, hey, he got out before everything got really fucking bad. Do you know what he does? What does he do? He's a research fellow at a university in California. That's so cool! Yes, he is. It it has to do with infrastructure and the environment. (gasps) I can't remember the specifics, but... Yeah, I know. He 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 did the damn thing. He went to school. He the damn thing. Yeah, the structure. Stop. <laughs> Infrastructure. Oh my god. <laughs> he was a real cute kid. He was a cute kid actor, and he was perfect for this. I just I want to be Alex D. Linz's friend. I know. So bad. Ever since I was five, you know what I mean. 
We've got Larry Miller, guys. He was just <laughs> with us last week when he was in The Princess Diaries as Paolo Putinesca. Well, this week he's playing Principal Putinesca. No. <laughs> what is, oh my God. He's it's Principal Jindrake. Elliot T. Jindrake. Yes. He put some respect on that fool's name. Absolutely fucking not. That was the correct answer. <laughs> Guys, Larry Miller, obviously the Princess Diaries. He's in The Nutty Professor. He more or less plays the same kind of roles. Yeah, just a walking phallus. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> Eddie Murphy's boss in The Nutty Professor. He's also in The Nutty Professor too. He's in 10 Things I Hate About You. He's also in both Princess Diaries movies. He's in the second one, Royal Engagement. We have Jamie Kennedy Barf. <laughs> He's playing the evil ice cream man today. <laughs> I'm glad that we never get his legal name. Yeah, yeah. He's just, just the, the evil, evil ice cream man. <laughs> He's a cartoon in this, guys. Who's Jamie Kennedy again? He's Federline from the Cleveland show. Oh, is he really? Yeah. <laughs> He's Randy Meeks from the Scream franchise. Oh. More importantly. Okay. Uh, did I say importantly? Yeah, you sure did. Oh, I did, didn't I? <laughs> Yep, he's in Baz Luhrmann's really bad 96 Romeo and Juliet. Oh, God. Oh, we are going to have to talk about that at some point. We've got Nora Dunn. She's famous for being on SNL and The Nanny. Um, she is playing Mrs. Keeble, Max's mom. Yeah, I was like, I know I've seen her face. It's because she's on SNL. Poor long-suffering Mrs. Keeble. Or was... Oh. <laughs> Lily. That's her name, yeah, Lily. Lily. Poor Lily. Guys, please welcome Robert Carradine to the show. Carradine? Carradine, we had the same discussion in Kill Bill. Because Robert Carradine is his, did you say older brother, younger brother? He is uh, David Carradine's younger brother. David Carradine is, of course, the famous Bill of Kill Bill. Yes, or Pope Not Bill Not Pope Bill to death. <laughs> I was so salty. <laughs> I was so were. mad about that. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. He is known. Oh, my God. He was on Bonanza. Yes, he was. Oh, my God. Was he a kid on Bonanza? <laughs> he had to have been. He was also in David Carradine's Kung Fu, oh which boy. we discussed when we talked about Kill Bill, but yeah. I don't care to discuss again. Revenge of the Nerds, Cowboys. Isn't he the dad from Lizzie McGuire? Oh, my God, Ross. He, he looks like he is. Yep, he is the dad. He's oh Sam. Sam McGuire. Yeah, 2001. Can you believe that show only lasted three years? You know there's a reason for that? I bet. Disney had a 65 rule. Every single show they did, it was only going to last 65 episodes. After that, they would just cut it off. Oh, my God. Okay. It I was mean, like a matter of policy. I guess that's something. At least you know that it's not open-ended and that it, you know... We will wrap this up. Yeah, but like, I guess. But it just seems so strange. I know. Guys, I think this might be his first kicking and streaming appearance. Here we go. But please welcome to kicking and streaming Mr. Josh Peck. <laughs> of Drake and Josh. Josh Peck was... Oh, he was my friend, dude. You yeah. know, growing up, watching him on Nickelodeon. Like, not really. You did not know each other. I saw myself in him. Yes, you did. Absolutely, I did. And for all the reasons you can think of. <laughs> just the pudgy, shorter, weird boy <laughs> that you know. Oh, my God. Guys, the Amanda show. Fucking all that. Drake and Josh. Yes. It's going to take some time to realize just how much I miss that show. <laughs> oh, my God. My Oprah. <laughs> I just love Drake Bell, who's nasty now, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't want to spend any energy talking about that. But Drake Bell and Josh Peck, who are both famous from all of these sketch comedy shows on Nickelodeon, playing fictionalized versions of themselves. They did the same, th they did the same thing with Keenan and Kel. Yes, they did. From all that, you know. <laughs> He's playing Robe. <laughs> 
Not Robert. Not Robert. Robe. Robe. <laughs> uh, the robe-wearing friend of our hero today. Okay, we've also got Xena Gray as Megan. Oh, God. Megan. No, not that uh, Megan. No, not Megan. This is, uh, this is, uh, Megan is Max's female friend. You know, because oh. you gotta have a girl. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and the only reason that boys have female friends is because they like each other. Mm. Um, I've never seen, I think I've seen Xena Gray in a couple of things, like maybe on Nickelodeon, like. Oh yeah, all the time. But like, I, I don't, I can't pick her out of anything else. No, I know. We've got, guys, please welcome Mr. Noel Fisher. Is it Noel? Noel? I'm going to go with Noel because it's prettier. Noel Fisher. <laughs> we know him famously as Mickey Milkovich on, <laughs> on Showtime's Shameless. Oh, God. Listen, Mickey is awful. Yeah. I love Mickey. <laughs> and I, yes, I do feel bad about it. You know him better as, <laughs> as forensic technician Dale Stuckey on... On Law and Order. On Law and Order SVU, he just all of a sudden is bad. Oh, God, guys, that's a wild episode. Oh, my God. Holy shit. He's great at playing creeps. In like fashion, today he's playing Bully Troy McGinty. Oh, boy. Uh, that uh, Again, we'll get to it. We've got Orlando Brown of Disney Channel fame here yeah. with us today. He is playing Dobbs, who is just the most insane fucking bully I've ever heard of. <laughs> We'll get there. We, it's unhinged, but uh, Orlando Brown, you'll know him from things like... That's So Raven. That's So Raven, The Proud Family. Yeah. Fillmore. Remember oh, Fillmore? yeah, I love Fillmore. Oh, my God, major pain. <laughs> oh, no. He was a 3J in Family Matters when he was tiny, tiny. Mm -hmm. Remember? Oh my God! Not a legal issues tab. No, he's oh, not Orlando. doing. Orlando. No, he's not doing well. Oh, Orlando. Oh, Orlando. I'm sorry. He's I, reading. I, I have to stop. I have to stop. I have to move on. Um, we've got Amy Hill as Mrs. Rangoon. This is a little racist. A little? Uh, it's pretty much racist. Amy Hill. Uh, she's known. She's Grandma on All American Girl, which is like her breakout character. She was on That's So Raven. She's in. She's on the TV show. She's on the televised adaptation of Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Uh, she's a voice actress. We know her from her Academy Award winning performance as. Miss Kwan in uh, Cat in the Hat. Oh, no. Yeah, no, absolutely. I forgot about that. She deserved that Oscar. She did she not get, no. <laughs> but, she, but she's done voice work here and there. American Dad, she's on CW. Amy, we love you. We've got Amber Valletta as Miss Dingman, the science teacher. <laughs> she's hot. She is hot. I, re I just remembered today where I've seen her before. Lay it on me again. She's in Dead Silence. Oh, yeah. She's the new wife in Dead Silence. She's quite literally the puppet master in ah! Dead Silence. I really hate it. I really hate it. Oh, we got some cameos here. We have Tony Hawk as himself, <laughs> who just lives in Max's neighborhood. I don't know. Uh, we've got Lil Romeo as himself, who is a student at this junior high school where Max goes to school. Why? I, I love it. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. Why? He was hot then, remember? He, yeah. Remember the Hey Arnold movie? Yes. And that song from Hey Arnold that Romeo, like, it was Lil Romeo's, like, Biggest thing at the time. Yes! What a what a time! Yeah, the Hey Arnold movie. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The small world of children's we'll, animation. We'll have to do a month of those blockbuster children's animation, those Nickelodeon movies, like yeah. Rugrats Go Wild and Hey Arnold movie and oh. like the SpongeBob movie. Oh like, God. I can't wait to do that. Yeah, that'll be cool. All right, we have to get started. We have to. We've been talking for too long. I love this opener. It's not Tarantino, but it's not Miller either, you know? <laughs> it's like all its own. Ah, it starts It starts with a dream sequence. <laughs> In a world where the messengers of truth, the couriers of justice, bravely go forth to complete their appointed routes. Your mission, complete paper route in 30 minutes. One lone hero stands out among the rest. Max Keeble is the world's most dramatic paper boy. He sure fucking is. <laughs> oh my god, him with his bike and his, his, his gaping paper holder that he's wearing. <laughs> and his spiked hair. He was cool. He was cool. He was, a, he was a kid from 2001. You can tell this is a dream because the bloom filter is turned up to a thousand. Exactly. Like, everything has this edge on it. And guys, one of my favorite aspects of this stupid movie... He has an arch nemesis. He sure does. One fearless rider has the fortitude to deliver the goods. To stand up to the forces of darkness, the legions of doom, the armies of oppression, and the evil ice cream man. Paperboy. He lives up to his name in this role. I'll oh tell you my what. God. I wrote not Jimmy can not Jamie Kennedy, not an ice cream cannon on a truck. <laughs> This man is unhinged. Oh, yeah. I think we get the history later about why the ice cream man hates Max. Yes. But he is chasing him through several neighborhoods, shooting ice cream at him from his ice cream truck, which has a gigantic ice cream cone that turns into a cannon on top. And yes, he is shooting dairy products. He knocks Tony Hawk off his skateboard. Hey, Max. That laugh. <laughs> what is with that unhinged laugh? Oh, God. And then the scene where they do kung fu. Why are the fuck are we suddenly in an Asian neighborhood? And, like, the nunchucks made by the paper, the rolled up newspapers. And the dubbing. Oh, God. They're, when they're quite obviously saying something different, but yeah. then it's layered over them. Like an English dub was, of an Asian film. <laughs> I wrote, is this racist? A little bit. A little bit. And, like, the thing I love most about this is while he's running, he's still delivering papers. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's getting his work done. <laughs> you can run, but you can't hide, paper boy. When he jumps that toe on his bike. Yes. And it stubs the ice cream man short. Oh, my God. Not Jenna. My giddy little six-year-old heart for okay. Jenna. Yeah, Jenna, does Jenna live in his neighborhood or does she? Yeah. Just, okay, Jenna lives in his neighborhood. She's a hot high schooler who is, I think, his neighbor. Okay. And like, when you were six, you were very much enamored with her. Yes, very much. Very <laughs> tall. Legs go all the way up. Very blonde. God. Very cute. Baby, what took you so long? I, uh, stopped my spring. Get out of bed, you brody! Get out of bed, you brody! Get out of bed, no! The 
ice cream man pulls up and shoots him awake. <laughs> shoots them with ice cream and he wakes up. Get out of bed, jabroni. <laughs> Get out of bed, jabroni. I know that has something to do with wrestler culture, but... <laughs> Gage would be so disappointed in me right now. I know, but Max wakes up and he's kind of excited because it's his first day of junior high. Yeah. Which brings me to my first question. Are junior high and middle school different somehow? Because out here in the Midwest, we call it middle school. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's junior high. Okay. It's those three, well, not anymore. Oh, yeah, no, uh, In a lot of places, it. junior high is only two grades. Which just Seventh seems, and eighth. Seems superfluous, but whatever. I know, but yeah, these kids are, what, 11, 12? Yeah, They're in starting area. junior high. And <laughs> the way he's like, okay, I dreamed it. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, we know, Max. We, we, we know. But today was the first day of junior high, and I was sure that things were going to be different. <laughs> I had a new look. I was a baller. A shot caller. I was a player bad attitude, or as I like to call it, attitude. Not fatitude. <laughs> I love that, What though. did that even mean? I don't P -H -A -T, know. P-H-A-T, fat like, at that time. No, wait, you were way too young to know what P-H-A-T meant. Like, fat, you were cool. Is that literally all it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. And he introduces us to his mom, Lily. Meet my mom. She's been putting the finishing touches on our house for like six years. You could say she's a bit obsessed. This is my house. My kitchen. Mine. This woman is living on the edge. <laughs> she's been getting her house right for six years, and um, her husband has a ridiculous profession. Oh, God. Max's dad works in advertising. <laughs> the way he just walks in in the gigantic lobster suit. Morning. <laughs> Like, he wants to die every day of his life because his boss makes him wear these ridiculous costumes for pitches. Morning. This is my dad. He works in advertising. His boss, Mr. Foge, makes him wear goofy costumes sometimes. Luckily, he's got us for support. What is that? <laughs> I'm, uh, Lieutenant Lobster. The Lobster Shack pitch today? Sounds like Boss Man is a fucking asshole. Yeah, Mr. Foge uh, likes to foge, you yeah, know what I mean? He can go foge himself. <laughs> Foged again. Then we meet Max's two best friends on the school bus. <laughs> this is Robert. We call him Robe. Guess why? Him wearing the blue robe with the planets and spaceships on them. I have Robe hyphen the Ross character. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. god. You know that kid everyone thinks is weird, but he doesn't care what everyone thinks? This is him. He's my best friend. His name's Robert, but we call him Robe. Guess why? Robe is a cheery, weird sort who really doesn't give a hey what anybody else thinks of him. And boy, don't we know it. Like, he's just kind of disgusting a yeah, little bit. Yeah, no, yeah, no, he's he's absolutely foul at times. He has no respect for his body when it comes to putting things in his body. No. And uh, then, of course, we have Megan. Her adorable little knit clarinet bag. I know. Oh, my God. And she's already <laughs> fussy with Max. Max, where's your bassoon? <laughs> she wants them to join band together. Oh, my God. He's like, um, my bassoon. Uh, uh. <laughs> what well, bassoon? I don't own a bassoon. Max. Where's your bassoon? Um, my bassoon. I thought we were gonna take band together. I've been thinking. It's junior high. Is band still cool? Cool? What are you talking about? Since when have we been cool? 
I feel Megan in that moment. Oh, no, not the desire to fit in and be cool. She's like, who are you? Who's this Max? It really does say something about us as a culture that that is the principal conflict in most children's films. I know. Am I cool or not? Yeah. that stray can of Coke rolls to the foot of their seat. Oh, this is what I meant by Robe not respecting his body. Sweet! A can! <laughs> and, he, and he just he sips the dregs out of this obviously finished soda. Just the backwash and the soda dripping. I love Megan. Ew! <laughs> like it's a question. Uh, Time to meet our villains for the story. Oh boy. We gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about Principal Jindre. Not Principal Putineska. <laughs> he's one of those small men who gets into education because he likes having power over kids. You know what I mean? Jindre is staring out the window at everyone coming in. <laughs> they come with their pimples and their braces and their rickets and their lice and their snot nosed. Baggy pants, high-pitched, squealing voices. And yet each one a rung on the ladder of my success. Principal Jin Drake has a very dedicated, uh, well, maybe not so dedicated secretary named Mrs. Rangoon. Mm, not loving that, Disney. I'm really hating that. Jin Drake wants to be superintendent of this school district, but the superintendent is currently Bob Crazy Legs Nebworth. Yeah. Who was a famous football player now turned public school official? Like, I don't know. So he, so he's just like bolstering his power. He's getting ready to make a move. Yeah, and it would be almost calculated if he weren't such a boob. You know what I'm talking that, about? That is the correct word for what he is. He is a boob. He's, a, he's an arrogant boob. He's got the maturity level of an 11 year old boy. We find out that we find out from these journalist students that JJ Curtis has a horrible history of bullying. Oh boy. And there are some of the cream of de crop coming at us this year. Oh no, not the bullies. We first start with Troy McGinty, who bullies a new kid every day and announces it by wearing a shirt with their name on it, which is just Kind of metal when you're a kid. And guess who's on his shirt today? Max Keeble! Here. We're taking attendance. Um, <laughs> they're in, like, homeroom. I love it when the teacher's calling attendance and she gets around to Lil... Lil Romeo? <laughs> she is just as confused as the rest of us. When <laughs> she goes, I'm down with that. Oh, and little Romeo just shakes his head. I love that. We are interrupted with a special address from Principal Jin Drake via the TV. Rem- was this ever a truth for you when you were in elementary school? Did you ever have your principal speak to you through the TV? Yes, it was that. It was that way in high school. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. It's just a broadcast thing. They sit at their desk and they they give you announcements. Jin Drake has this fake backdrop for his office. That makes it look like he's sitting in an office in a windows view of the Capitol building <laughs> like in he's, Washington, D.C. supposed to be the Oval Office. He's wearing a fake suit <laughs> that you can just put, like a Snuggie, yeah, something just that, put on the front of you, yes. like they have on SNL, yes. <laughs> to change people quickly. And he is telling everyone that there is a mandatory assembly this afternoon, and anyone who does not attend will be 
positively punished. I hate him so much already, and he hasn't even had time to do that much harm. He has a habit of not turning off the camera after his addresses. Aw, Ms. Rangoon and her long-suffering person. I love it. Yes, the reviews are in. Chindrake, two thumbs up. I laughed. I cried. The man's a genius. Principal Chindrake. What is it now, Rangoon? The red light's still on. I'm well aware of that. Now we move to science class. I have not sexy science class. Ms. Dingman for life sciences in, <laughs> walks in. And the thing is, this is the first day of class. And we're already talking about pheromones. <laughs> like, why are we opening with this? I was unaware that you could bottle pheromones, by the way. Yeah, no, yeah. I think you do it by removing an animal's glands. These are 12-year-olds. Pheromones. Nature's dating service. Odorless. Colorless. It's how many species attract mates. Chemical process, which causes an irresistible attraction in the <clears throat> opposite sex. She's walking by the Bunsen burners and they're lighting one by one. Like, I just, I... <laughs> irresistible. Disney! <laughs> Stop it! And they're like, what's a kid's move if you don't make it a little sexy? And I'm like, oh my god, Hollywood. Stop. Stop exactly. being gross. Stop being gross. And like, she, Robe gets to open up the window for her. She dabs some pheromones from that bottle on her hand. And a bird flies in <laughs> and lands right on her hand. You see? Irresistible. Cue the Britney. This was that time, wasn't it? Ross, this was the first album I ever bought on yeah, CD. Yeah, that's right. You have talked about this before. Oh my god. And this is Jenna. We're getting our first we're getting our first real world look at Jenna. You're right. The high school and the junior high must be connected cuz why else would they be passing each other? Oh, Jenna. Jenna looks like every girl who was ever mean to me in high school. And the thing is about Jenna that's interesting is she also plays the clarinet. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. I know that. When when she when he's distracted by her and he walks right into that door <laughs> and she comes over him. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. You look kind of familiar. I'm deliver your paper. Um I'm, I'm Max. Gemma? Oh yeah. So you go to school here now? You play the clarinet. First chair. Also, why is she interested in him? I don't know. Don't you think that's a little weird? I don't think she's actually interested in him right now. I mean, she's like a ninth grader. Yeah, like, I know. He's a sixth grader. I mean, come on. Okay, now we got to talk about Troy ruining Max's day. <laughs> Walks right into Troy McGinty. Max Keeble. Troy. Troy McGinty, how are you? First victim of the year there, buddy. It's a big honor. You know the guy you used to hang out with when you were little, but as you got older, you went in opposite directions? Well, Trummy Ginty wasn't always a bully. This is for no other reason. Max did nothing to him. So the thing is, Max introduces Troy as, like, you know, someone from childhood who you just went opposite directions in with, you know? Yeah. And... (laughs) 
this brings us to why Troy hates Max so particularly much at a birthday party once. There is this mascot in this universe known as Magoogles the Frog. He's Scottish Highland themed frog. Magoogles is me name. I like a swampy bog. It's time to play a game with your favorite Highland frog. And you know how some people have a phobia about people in suits, like big character suits? Like Maddie Gwen. She couldn't be near me when I played Shrek. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Magoogles is me name. I like a swampy bog. It's time to play a game with your favorite Highland frog. Not real, Troy. He's just a TV character. Is there a wee little laddie having his birthday today? And in comes Mr. Keeble. You know his job. He dresses up. Troy, it's me, Mr. Keeble. Troy had grown a lot since then. I cannot believe this is the reason. And yes, he then, I mean, it was just traumatizing for Troy. You were afraid of Alice from the Brady Bunch, just saying, Welcome to Cooking with Troy. So because Max's family played a large role in some major trauma in his life, Troy takes Max, throws him in a mud puddle, then he takes him behind the school to that big pile of sawdust that the custodians use to clean up the vomit, throws him in that, and then dunks him in a full dumpster. No! Troy! Now what you want to do is roll your piece of dead meat in some breadcrumbs. Perfect. And now that that's done, our bird should be ready to go in. Oh, gross. Ah. Hope you like lasagna. Now we're at the mandatory assembly. Jindrake's slowly walking onto that lit stage, and you see the big words, pride, tradition, excellence, on the school mezzanine. Settle down. That was always the thing from the trailer. Yeah, I know. On TV was this guy saying cease over and over and over again. And Jim Drake is talking about how the current zero tolerance policy for buffoonery will now be raised to a sub-zero level. <laughs> he's so stupid. Yes, he is. He thinks he sounds so smart. <laughs> Superintendent Nebworth is coming for an inspection of the building so that he will be inclined to give even more money to construct a new football stadium, which is then stealing money from the rest of the system. Oh, yeah, like, we're going to learn it pretty quick, but uh, Jindrake is embezzling money from this football fund. Yeah, well, from the, all the funds. Wait, no, it's not embezzlement. He's misappropriating funds. Absolutely, he is. He's pulling money from the rest of the school's budget to pour it into this stadium, so this one-time football player superintendent will be inclined to give him his job when he leaves? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Does this all sound familiar to you? Yup, yup. I'm touching my nose. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway. I love how Troy sneaks in in the middle of all of this, sits down and grins. I know, because he knows what's about to happen. And sure enough, here comes Max. At the literal wrong moment. At the literal wrong moment. And like, of course he's causing a disturbance. He's covered in garbage. You there, little boy, prankster, 
What is your name? Uh, Max Keeble. I've got my eye on you, Max Keeble. You're on my list. It wasn't my- Shit! And Max goes for a swim in the sprinklers. Oh yeah, he cleans himself off by running through the school's sprinkler system. I always thought that was so cool. And completely impractical. Like, he would still smell. Not only does he smell like garbage now, he smells like wet garbage. We also have another returning character that we need to talk about real quick. Oh, we do. Oh, wait! It's the janitor. Yeah, it is! He was also with us just last week as Baron Von Troken in The Princess Diaries. But see, this week, this week, he's Anthony, the janitor. Yes. Who will be very helpful as we go along. All right, we gotta talk about Dobbs. Oh. My. God. This guy, Dobbs was once a stock market whiz kid. By age 10, he was a millionaire. 1215, meeting with Keeble. This is the most unhinged high school bully that I've ever heard of. And and, and the likes of which we've really never seen before. Dobbs is a little day trader. Yeah! He's actually famous for it. He's a kid who knows how to trade on the stock market because sure, why not? He's an investment wonder kid, they're calling him. He's got the wingtip shoes and a PDA. He actually gives stock advice to the teachers. On his little handheld thing that he's got. The PDA. How is he even allowed to have that? I don't know. Or his suitcase. There could be anything in that thing. (laughs) He's legally emancipated and has his own property. That is insanity. It is insanity. And like, he's a Wall Street bully. He just takes kids' money and walks away with it. Let that be a lesson to us all. Yeah, because he's trying to take Max's lunch money, right? Uh Uh-huh. Hey, it's my lunch money. And you have it all in cash. Kid, let me hold this for a while and I'll set you up with a nice mutual fund. What's going on here? He's taking Max's lunch money. Is this true, Mr. Dobbs? No. I'm just uh, spreading some investment wisdom. Speaking of which, how did Biomorph Systems work out for you? (laughs) Best money I ever spent. And then she sides with the bully? Yep, she sure does. <laughs> the, when, the, when, when the teacher's walking away and Max is like literally hands up like, oh, what, 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 are you, can you believe this? <laughs> was like, you're an adult, you're supposed to protect me. Oh my God. Okay, time to talk about one of my favorite things about Max. Okay. One of my favorite things about Max is that he donates his time at the local animal shelter. He sure does, doesn't he? He, he like in a big way, like there's a chimp in the animal shelter named Tad. Named Tad, yeah. He, I'm not going to say he raised him because he's a kid, but like he used to bottle feed him when he was just like a baby chimp, and now they're like besties. Like, how cool is that? You're a kid and you have a like a best friend chimp? No, that's the thing. That's where I noted that this movie must have just been so incredibly cool to film. Yeah. Like all those kids. I bet they had so much fun doing this. And, you know, his uh, associate, Marley. <laughs> his associate, the guy that, you know, actually works at the animal Marley shelter. Marley and Marley. Marley. No, 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 no. No. Marley is a dynamite babe. He sure is. He's a good-looking man. But he unfortunately has to notify Max that the shelter is closing down because some asshole bought up the property and canceled their lease. What's going to happen to the animals? We're doing the best we can to find homes for all of them, but we only got until the end of the week. It's messed up, I know. It's real messed up. I couldn't believe it. Something had to be done. But what? I thought maybe my parents might have an idea. 
find it. We're moving? Oh, God, here we go. So, yeah, um, Foge has foged Mr. Keeble again and has suggested that he open up a new division in Chicago for their business. And uh, he's taking him up on it. It's like a thousand miles away from wherever they're currently at. Yeah, they're like in Cali. So Max is going to get ripped away from his entire life. And guys, 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 just spare a thought for Mrs. Keeble, who just got her house the way she wanted it. I know it's hard. It's hard on all of us, (laughs) says Lily. The way Max just gets up and instead of raging goes, this bites. Well, I mean, I don't know. Would you really throw a fit at that juncture? That little scene where they're hanging out in the junkyard that Robe's dad owns and Megan's like, emancipate yourself. (laughs) Dobbs did it. Why can't you? Yeah, you know. Because he's 11, Megan. (laughs) But Max's like, no, this is just going to happen and I'm really going to miss you. But let's soak up the time we have left. When when Jindrake is running into the office with the football, he moves, he breaks, Rangoon, think fast, and then breaks a vase. Uh, he moves, he fakes, Rangoon, think fast. Nice hands. Now pick up the ball and put it in the case. It's from Nebworth's city championship game. I'm going on my walkabout. Jindrake notices on the bulletin board in the office that someone has hung a poster to help save the animal shelter, and Megan made them. Megan made up a bunch of flyers to put around the school. And he's like, Mrs. Rangoon, what's this? Some of the kids are trying to save the animal shelter down the street. Kids? What kids? You know, the ones with a sense of uh, caring and civic duty. And he's just like, oh, and tears it right off the wall. He starts ta- he starts realizing that they're all over the school, and he's just ripping them down as he sees them. And he sees Max in the hallway, and for whatever reason, it's like he's got some kind of spidey sense. Yeah, he, yeah. He's immediately prepared to blame it all on him. And, like, just, I, this is where you do truly see how completely immature he is. yeah. The animals have nowhere to go. Some creeps closing down the shelter. I'm closing down the shelter, silly boy. What? Where did you think I was going to build Nebworth Stadium? In your house? Ha ha, your house. That's rich. There wouldn't be room. What in the wide world? (laughs) And then, the best of all, (laughs) where did you think I was going to build Nebworth Stadium? In your house? Haha, that's rich. There wouldn't be room. And then walks away. What? What? <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. That mirrors so many interactions I had with other kids. He wrote, he's so laughably stupid. And like, also cartoonishly evil. You're going to displace all of those animals just because you want to suck up to your boss? Guys, it's a new day. And Troy McGinty has a new Vic. Oh, man. And guys, we all saw this coming. I'm not saying that he's asking for it. I'm saying it's predictable. I'm sorry. McGinty's theme music is kind of badass. I do kind of like it. I really like it. Oh my 
God, poor Robe gets nabbed by McGinty after gym class and stuck in a trophy case in the middle of God and everything. <laughs> and ever all those kids standing around him while he's getting sick inside. Yeah. Yes, let me out. And like these everyone's evil. And then Max comes and finds him and lets him out. And he's like, now he's a little claustrophobic. So he might. <laughs> and then he hurls all over everybody. Hurl. What a waste of a perfectly good chili omelet. <gasps> oh, chili omelet. Oh, my God, I Rome. bet that was rough going down and coming back up. Because Max helped him out of the case, Troy's now going to give him a swirly. Because he's getting a swirly, Max is late to his next class. Oh, what is this bitch's name? I don't remember what her name is. I just call her Captain... No, I can't do that. Captain... <laughs> Captain what, Carrie? Captain... Because <laughs> she's the worst. And like because he's late and he's dripping, she has rules against both, she's going to make him write a thousand word essay about the importance of, I don't know, promptness or whatever. I really don't even care. Without rules, society would completely collapse. Now, none of these shortcomings so far are his fault. And he's right. It's not fair. And he has a little moment to camera with us. He has an epiphany. <laughs> That's not fair! Which I will look forward to seeing on my desk, drip dry Friday. This Friday? This Friday? Wait, Friday was the day I was moving. And this teacher was mean. She let Dom steal my money. She wanted to punish me when it wasn't my fault. But if I wasn't gonna be here, what could she really do to me, right? It was time to take a stand. He just starts misbehaving. What if I did the essay right now? <laughs> stands on he's he jumps up on her desk and just starts pontificating to the entire room and he's auctioning off how many words his essay is going to be like this is some og behavior <laughs> i love this how about twelve thousand words do i hear twelve thousand words ladies and gentlemen yeah! sold twelve thousand words get off my desk okay and then he hops on every desktop across the room oh you know why max says okie day why? Because Jar Jar Binks says Okie Day. That's cute. You know why I say Okie Day? Because Jar Jar Binks says Okie Day. Because Jar Jar Binks says Okie Day. We share something, me and Max. Max is a new man. He is living in a world where there are no consequences for his actions because he's going to move a thousand miles away. I literally wrote, Max doesn't need to try to be cool. He is cool. Yeah, like... no, I know. He's going to exact revenge on all the stupid bullies in his life. Everyone that's ever made him and his friends life hell. And it's not just a plan, it's a planetarium, <laughs> as he says when he's sharing this with Robe and Megan. Yeah, he recruits Robe and Megan to help him, you know, pull off all this crazy shit. And Robe and Megan are like, we don't want to get in trouble. And he's like, don't worry, I've designed this so that you will have plausible deniability. And I'm like, you don't even know what that means, Max. <laughs> we'll have, what do you call it? Plausible deniability. Possible deniability. Yeah, did you just make that up? So we all down for the cause? One question. Can we just have a going away party instead? We will. A huge blowout when this is over. <laughs> oh my god, the original first fist bump contract they make? Aww. That's like the first fist bump, I think. <laughs> ever, ever caught on camera, yeah. <laughs> the fist 
bump contract. Not another margin call, but our plans are going in motion. Yeah, guys, the next day, they steal a Freon coil from the ice cream truck while Dobbs is there. And while at the same time... Megan covertly extracts his handheld from his suitcase. Yeah, because that's like Dobbs' life. Exactly. He cannot lose that PDA. He'll lose everything. And the evil ice cream man can't lose his Freon. Because then all the ice cream will melt. And so we're going to pit Dobbs and the evil ice cream man against one another. And guys, listen, I think this is kind of gross, but Troy's kind of gross, so... (laughs) Oh my god, he goes up to his locker. Troy does. And every time he opens it, the Magoogles theme is playing out of his locker. Magoogles is my name. I like a swampy bone. It's time to play a game with ya. Magoogles is my name. I like a swampy bone. And literally, Robe is standing at the edge between the classroom and the hallway, watching him open and close his locker. And he's signaling Max to stop and start a CD player. Through the wall. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I just... The way they start playing head games with this teenager, I was just like, yes, Max, yes! Max also steals a bottle of those pheromones from Miss Dingman's classroom. Yeah. Oh, I'm, got, I'm like, no, no, now we're stealing chemicals. I know. Okay. The, the way, this is also where Dobbs first notices that his handheld is gone. He's in the library and he opens up his case. And I love the way he, tr- he doesn't see that it's there. And I love the way he tries again. He like closes it and reopens <laughs> and it. He's like, okay, it's totally going to be there. And he loses his mind. Oh my God. The ice cream man is also losing his mind. Hey, mister, my fudgesicle's melting. Oh, it's supposed to be melted. People pay extra for that. Now beat it. All of you, beat it. This guy is so evil. Customers are dissatisfied. And, you know, while they're going through all these plans, Megan and Robe are getting stressed because, like, God, we'd really like to just spend some time with Max. Yeah, instead of carrying out this bananas plan. Yeah, like... I get it. Like, in a couple of days, he's going to be gone. And, like, their lives are going to be completely different because of that. And Max doesn't want to work through any of that. He just wants to spit in the face of everybody who's ever crossed him. Megan is determined, though, to give him a little goodbye party for him and for him, her, and Robe. You know, just a little them thing. Megan's sweet. I know she's that's the thing he does not deserve her she's in love with him and like I get it that night dad comes into Max's room and asks him if he's getting ready to move and everything and all I have to say is no he is not they are moving in less than two days not a single thing of his has been packed up yeah yeah and like dad sits on the edge of the bed that he's gonna try and have a one-to-one with his son he's like I know this sucks man but we need to do it because we need the money money Yeah, I know. I know. And he's telling him that, like, you know, I have to show people that I've got my own, you know, and that's important. And I love the way that Max has just come to this on his own. Sometimes in life, you got to do things that you don't want to do because other people who have power over you tell you to do them. No, Dad. I mean, if you rise up and, 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 and show that you're not afraid... Those people will no longer have control over your life. The three of us, you, me, and his dad are all stunned. Yeah, no, I am too. I was like, when I, even when I was watching it this time around, I was like, yeah, that's fucking right, Max. Yeah, it's just so beyond strange to hear that kind of wisdom come out of a child's mouth. Yeah. But out of the mouths of babes, right? And the way 
okay? Mr. Keeble just goes, what have you done with Max? <laughs> who are you? Really? Listen, he does not know who his son is, that's for sure. Yeah. The fact that he has no idea that his son is up to all these shenanigans. How has he not gotten a phone call home about the calamity he caused in that woman's classroom? Well, because he cut the phone line, remember? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Oh, my God. This whole night heist that the kids go on. Oh, we're doing some Mission Impossible shit. Robe's little lay-down bike. I know, I, I know. It. And here's the thing. I love how all of them are in black and in fatigues, but Robe is still wearing a robe. I know. It's I, just a camouflage robe. It, it sure is. He's got a robe <laughs> for all different occasions. Oh, Robe. Through this heist, we get into the school computers and realize that 97% of the school's budget is being embezzled for this new stadium project. It's being misappropriated for this new stadium project. And like, I don't, how did, how did Megan, itty bitty Megan, get into the principal's computer? I don't know. That's not explained. I really do not know. Oh, speaking of things we didn't explain. Oh my God. The thing about the breath spray... Because Jen Drake, because he's a creep, likes to get in pretty teachers' faces. Yeah. And he likes to have fresh breath when he does it. So he carries around a little thing of breath spray. And Max takes an eyedropper and drops pheromones in the breath spray. Little shit. I love him so much. <laughs> Which means he's now going to attract animals. <laughs> oh, and that will, God, will that come back in the best way. Every time he spritzes it. Oh, my God. Max then steals the old Mogoogles the Frog outfit from his own basement. <gasps> That's the thing. Oh my God. He's planning something truly evil. I love it because the flex on this, Max shows up to school the next day with a t-shirt that says Troy McGinty on the front. Oh my God. He's going to get him. <laughs> Troy McGinty. What that? Okay, no, I won't do that anymore. I, I promise. I promise. Oh, I lied. So Troy is working out on this, uh, what do you call this? He's beating one of those things, those leather things that hangs down, a beat. A speed bag. Speed bag, whatever, I don't know. He's punching the speed bag, and all of a sudden, the lights go out. (laughs) I'm like, oh no. (laughs) And he's like, what? And then the side door to the gymnasium opens up. And someone who I can only think is Rogue. It's gotta be Rogue. Dressed up in the Magoogles the Frog outfit, comes in with a boombox playing the song. Ah! Magoogles is my name. I like this It's time to play. No. No. No, not you. You're not even real. Get away from me. Cornering Troy is terrifying. Oh my god. I understand why he doesn't like the way the eyes are moving back and (laughs) forth in the suit and the tongue lolling. It's not okay. And he's screaming. Troy gets traumatized. And when the next gym class comes in, they find him in the fetal position under a bench, shaking like he's just looked into the unforgiving face of death. Hey, check it out. It's McGinty. Hey, break it up. Break it up. McGinty. He's gonna eat me. What? 
McGoogles. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny the way he's just McGoogles. <laughs> Out front of the school, Jin Drake is there awaiting the arrival of Bobby Nebworth. Oh, the superintendent. And, you know, he takes that breast spray, spritzes it, and you hear the animal shelter go wild <laughs> down the street. It's your first indicator, man. And then here he is, Crazy Legs Nebworth himself. He starts taking him on the tour, has the band play out for them. Yeah, he's just he's just trying to suck up and impress this guy as much as he possibly can. The, the worst detail of his sucking up is the on-display jog strap they have of Bobby Nebworth. And you can tell Bobby Nebworth, like, why the fuck do you have this? Like, <laughs> this is weird. What an inspiration you've been to us all. In fact, I've collected some mementos from your glory days. Yeah. Remember this? Ew. It's your championship jock strap. We washed it. <laughs> Wash it again. Jim Drake takes him into the library, and all the while he's babbling, he's using that pheromone spray in mm. his mouth. And, like, all of a sudden, a squirrel comes in through the open window. And, guys... The day the squirrel went berserk. In the first self-righteous church. Quite literally a Ray Stevens video. No, like, this is literally the Ray Stevens song. That squirrel runs through the library, and while Nebworth is looking at the computers, it jumps down Jen Drake's suit. <gasps> and we get a little dance, don't we? <laughs> Ross? Ross, I, my sides hurt. I know. I was laughing so hard with the music in the background. Yeah. And the way Larry Miller is just throwing himself <laughs> around. He's got no dignity whatsoever. He's, phys, Larry Miller has a strength in physical comedy. Yes, he does. He, he certainly does. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, um, Nebworth can also start to tell that shit isn't adding up. That's the thing. If Jindrake wanted to suck up, why not convince him he was a good, you know, educator instead of just trying to appeal to Nebworth's ego? Exactly. Like, I don't get it. So we are in the cafeteria, and guys, this is the one. This is the scene. We are in the lunchroom to enact one of the biggest dreams of all junior high kids. We start a food fight. Lunch is served. Check and meat. <laughs> <laughs> Who threw that? And then Max gets up and points at a completely different kid. He's just giggling. He's like, it was that guy. And then here we go. I... This song is badass. Aim for me. <laughs> Ain't for me. me. <laughs> you know who sings it? Who sings it? Sugar Ray. Yes! Ain't for me. Ain't for me. Ain't for me. Ain't for me. It's great people. Not on my watch. have dreams about being in this scene. Wouldn't you just, wouldn't you have, I thought about it one day at Eden. You did? I was like, let's start a food fight. Like, you seriously considered it. I was like, what if we did? How We would all get in trouble, right? Like, yeah, no, they can't punish all of us. <laughs> and it's, it's chaos. 
That bitch social studies teacher gets put in the trash can. I love that so much. Like when she's just flailing. <laughs> You're all suspended. <laughs> I hate her. Oh my god. Oh my god. Hey guys, they've stolen one of the tubas from the band room, and they are just they've jimmied it up to the reef blower. The what? What did I say? You I've done this before on this show. <laughs> Called it a reef blower and not a leaf blower. They've yeah, they've put the leaf blower in the big end of the tuba, and they're just pouring mustard down it <laughs> and making it come out the small end. Let me tell you something about this school. It blows. You guessed it, guys. Nebworth and Jen Drake are on the way to the cafeteria. Oh my god. When they walk in and it's just going full pelt. Who started this? If the culprit does not step forward, this instant, swift and horrible retribution awaits each and every one of you. Jindrake, just when you think it can't get more nuts, the chimp pushes him down in a pile of mashed potatoes. Nebworth is appalled. <laughs> the way he just goes, This place is nuts. Crazy legs! <laughs> and he slips in the gravy! Wait! Oh. So that's a bit over for Jindrake. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be planning on being superintendent anytime soon. And in the meantime, we we are now putting forth our plan of pitting evil ice cream man and Dobbs against one another. Oh, we both my get God. we both get separate messages. Robe hands one to the evil ice cream man, and Max actually messages Dobbs on his computer. The instant messaging, like the AOL messenger. Both of them are instructed to meet in the junkyard at three o'clock. Dobbs is instructed to bring the coolant coil, which was found on his front doorstep. <laughs> And the ice cream man is encouraged to bring the handheld, which Robe handed to him earlier. I know, yeah, yeah. It's, it was all covert. Like, yeah. it was deep throat or something. So the two of them meet up, three o'clock, as scheduled. In the junkyard that Robe's dad owns. <laughs> and now we're doing the high noon bit in the junkyard, right? Yes. Wah, 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 wah. I want my coil. I want my handheld. child like Dobbs is technically a minor and like the ice cream man's gonna fight him for these things like it's insanity and like as they are fighting Max is inexplicably operating the crane in the junkyard he's like 12 I know I don't know where he learned to I did watch your kids (laughs) watch your kids surely Rob showed him how to use it right I guess and he uses the crane to pick up the ice cream truck full of the melted ice cream and pours it 
on top of Dobbs in the ice cream man. It's so many gallons of melted ice cream. Oh, and it's that very vague puce color. Because uh, it's all the flavors mixed together. I bet it smells like hell. Oh, just be covered in cream <laughs> in the hot California sun. Max speeding out of there on his bike all triumphant. How about the little peppered in sequences with Troy with the school guidance counselor? Oh yeah, Max has forced Troy back into therapy. She's actually doing exposure therapy on him. With like the little McGoogles doll. She actually gets him to hold it and play around with it a little bit. Oh. And you know, she's like asking Troy, Can you help me find a link between McGoogles and your fears? Was it something from your past or... Somebody? The way that it starts to dawn on all of his enemies. Just who the fuck is behind all of this foolishness? <laughs> Keeble! Keeble. Yeah, he's in deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, man. At this point, he thinks that he's pulled it all off, right? Yeah. So he's like at the height of his hubris, man. He's supposed to be going to his going away party with Robe and Megan, right? But no, Jenna stops him in the street and says, they're going to buddies, which is, I guess, just... I don't understand how in the early aughts we can still have soda fountains that we're partying at. Like, uh, I don't know. Because it's supposed to be like a bar, but of course it can't be a bar. Like literally when we cut to the diner, they are chugging milkshakes like they're beers. Oh no, yeah, because she was like, just come for one, just one milkshake. And he was like, yeah, just for one. And you're right, he's double fisting milkshakes. Like... And, like, all of these older girls, like, around him, like, taking interest in him. Because he's cool. Yeah, yeah. And they probably don't care about anything else but that. Exactly. And, like, when Megan and Robe realize that they've been ditched, they go down to the diner. I don't know how they were led there, but... I, I don't either, but when they go down to the diner, they find him dancing on top of a table with Jenna. To th it's a Little Romeo song that's playing, and Little Romeo's standing next to the table going, Yeah, evil. <laughs> this was the birth of my love for mashups. Yeah? Because <laughs> this is Bust a Move mixed with Lil' Romeo's little spin. <laughs> And Megan storms away, and Robe lays it out oh, for Max. I honestly, when I was a kid, I was thinking, oh, yeah, now she's really going to let him have it. She's going to tell him what a selfish jerk he's been. But it's actually Robe. I guess we're just not cool enough for you. Don't say that. But Megan, she likes you. She really likes you. Robe, wait. You know what? I, I've been waiting. Now I'm going home. Have a nice life in Chicago. See, that is a kid who does love himself. Yeah, that is true. He may not respect his body, but... <laughs> he, he loves himself. He respects himself. And like, he, yeah, he's not waiting around on him anymore. He's like, you are taking advantage of us and acting like a royal jerk. And I'm sick of it. Have a nice life in Chicago. Oh. My. 
God. Oh, my God. Guys, have you ever seen The Last Holiday? (laughs) I haven't even seen The Last Holiday. This is The Last Holiday for children. Okay. Because if you've seen that movie, I don't feel bad about spoiling it for you. Queen Latifah spends the whole movie doing a bunch of things on her bucket list because she thinks she has terminal cancer. And then at the end of the movie, she finds out she doesn't have cancer. So guess where we're headed with this? Mm. We're not moving. We're not? Uh Uh-uh. I finally gave Boge some of his own medicine. You foged Foge? Yeah, I quit. We're going to stay here, and I'm going to start my own business. Wait. We're not moving? Uh-uh. And, like, Max is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I've done so many bad things in the last week. <laughs> I need us to move. I can't be here when the consequences come down. I do actually kind of like that for Max's dad, though. Like, he's going to get to start his own business. He took his kid's advice. I know. How refreshing. I know. He listened to his child. Didn't you want a scrap of that? A scrap of that at that age? From all the adults in our life, really. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying kids give great advice all the time, but guys... That was great advice! That was fabulous advice! Life-changing advice! (laughs) But now Max is in a world of shit, because there's a long list of bad guys that want to make him miserable! I wrote, so fuck... He, you know what? He actually does go back to school, though. Yeah, he does. That Friday, and he's just, like, lurking about, trying to stay hidden, but trying to stay informed. And that's when he comes and hides with Anthony in the janitor's room. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's trying not to get his ass beat. He comes in there, and he sees Anthony, like, cleaning stuff off from the food fight, and he's like, oh, fuck, that's my fault. Oh, I'm the asshole. I'm really sorry about the cafeteria, but... Jindrick has no right to do what he's doing, and and now my friends are going to get wailed on because of me. And I can't do anything about it. I mean... Any I, kid I, can make a mess. It takes a man to clean it up. It took a man with a plunger to make me realize that I had to do something. I thought I'd stood up to the bullies, but all I'd really done was hit and run. So Max has, you know, found his resolve... He is not going to let this school go downhill because of him. He says, all I've done so far is hit and run. Yeah, he was literally going to throw a Molotov cocktail and then dip. Yeah, exactly. And not stick around and deal with the consequences. So Max, somehow, they don't explain how, takes over the school's broadcast system. Like, how did he get into Jen Drake's office? How did he get the camera all hooked up by himself? I don't know, but whatever. He's now broadcasting to the entire school. And he apologizes to Megan and Robe for being a jerk. But you guys are my best friends, and that's forever. I don't know what else to say, but I'm sorry. Probably doesn't matter to you anymore, but I'm not moving. Cable! And McGinty and Dobbs. It's me you want, so leave my friends alone. I may have run before, but I am all through running now. You want me? I'll be in the parking lot. Three o'clock. Cut! And then Jindrake catches him. Oh my god! But then, what Max does is makes Jindrake admit his entire scheme live on camera. Oh god, In front of everybody. Remember when this happened in Hairspray? Yeah, that's right. They sure did. Like, remember, Jen Drake can't remember to turn the camera off. He got Von Tussled? Yeah, he did get Von Tussled. (laughs) He sits Max down in that chair, and he's giving him a dressing down, and Max just slowly reaches over and makes sure the camera's on. Yes. And then Jen Drake starts monologuing. So I fiddled with the budget. 
Fiddlesticks, it's my budget. So we have fewer textbooks, big deal. Textbooks are for nerds. Fewer band instruments, who cares? Band is for losers. So the janitor has to work overtime for no pay. He should pay me for the privilege. Now, let me describe your next 24 hours. I am going to mete out a punishment to you that is so severe, future generations will refer to it as the keyboard. But, like, that comes to nothing immediately. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter that he's been exposed. The bulldozer for demolishing the animal shelter is currently being delivered. Exactly. And like, here's the thing. I know this is, like, the last thing you'd expect me to quibble over. It's not a bulldozer. It's a front-end loader. Okay. It, it's barely designed to wreck anything. Okay. It's more designed to pick up the wreckage. N- but, but that's neither here nor there. And so Max runs out into the parking lot... And Dobbs and McGinty are there to beat the tar out of him. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> this is where Megan comes in clutch. I love her. She shows up with her little clarinet. <sighs> Hold him. Let him go. Megan, I'm handling this. So am I. <laughs> what are you going to do about it, huh? This. <laughs> Okay. And then the whole marching band shows up. Oh no, led by Robe. Yeah. With the Robe flag. <laughs> His robe tied on the end of this mop handle. And guys, they're playing. We're not going to take it. The army of the bullied? (laughs) We're not gonna take it. No, we ain't gonna take it. They literally form a kid mom. Yeah. We're taking our school back. Ah, Oh my God. And they're going to throw Troy and Dobbs in the dumpster. Of course. And like fashion. And guys, I hate that I took this note, but Max has a John Adams moment. Oh my God, not this. He's like, listen, I understand. They suck. But if we do that, we're really not better than them, right? I mean, we all, we need to stand together and make our school a better place. For everyone. For for you and you and you and even you, worried kid. (laughs) That man's got a point. Yeah. What should we do with them? Let them go. (laughs) And they do. They let him go right into the dumpster. I love it. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got to talk about this. I, I have written, meanwhile, Jin Drake has lost his tiny mind. Coming after children with a front end loader? He's, it's got a bucket on the front of it, right? Yeah. And he spray painted the keyboard. Yeah. He spray paints keyboard on the front. <laughs> you know, like Troy writes on his shirts. Oh my God. <laughs> And oh shit, he's literally going down the street to demolish the animal shelter by himself with the animals still inside. How evil. This is incredibly evil. When he goes, scatter like the children you are. (laughs) (laughs) He is completely broken with reality. That's it. Anybody 
the way that Max Keeble literally has to parkour into the animal shelter. Yes. Landing on Ozma, an ostrich. <laughs> Giddy up, Ozma. I know. Because all the animals know Max. Yeah. You know. So they'll just let him ride them. In a Tarzan-like fashion. Because why not? And guys, oh man, the kung fu bit comes back. I know. I hate that the kung fu bit comes back. He rides up on that ostrich. And he's like, okay, this is where I'm going to pull out the kung fu. On second thought, why don't we start with the boy who tried to save the smelly goat? I do not fear your dark powers, bald one. Your kung fu's no good here, Max. And he reaches up with that breast spray. I can't believe he's going to shoot himself in the foot. I know. <laughs> Max doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> And he squeezes that pump on that breath spray. And there goes the neighborhood. I love the impossible shot of him throwing that newspaper so it unlocks the gate. <laughs> and they all these animals chase Jin Drake out of the animal shelter and onto the street. Here's my problem with that. <laughs> How the fuck are we going to get all those animals back? <laughs> they're in public now. In public. <laughs> like, they're just out. <laughs> They're not going to chase Jin Drake forever. This is why the law doesn't want you to have, like, private zoos, okay? Because if those animals get out, it's everybody's problem. The most clean ending to a film ever. I just love the, well, I did it. <laughs> Everything's fine now. Yep, I did it. The animal shelter was safe, the bullies were cooked, and Jin Drake got fired for fiddling with the budget. As for me and my friends, well, we were just happy that the first week of school was over. Now we can chill for the rest of the year. I don't get you, Paperboy! Oh, man. Well, not everything's fine. He still has beef with the evil ice cream man. Yeah. Which, can we do something about that? Yeah. Can we call the law or somebody to straighten out this fully grown man with a blood grudge against a 12-year-old? That just that movie's pure childhood. <laughs> Guys, if you've ever, if you've never taken a gander at it, give it a watch. I'm sure it's great with your 2020 vision. Maybe they won't like it because that was the criticism as the time at the time, right? Yeah, it was such a bomb, but I don't get it. I love this movie. I know. Like, I mean, I just as a kid, it was so cool. It's like it's like with Toy Story, right? Where like you're seeing the movie making reflect what you would want in a movie, not necessarily what some Hollywood writer would want or your mom and dad. It's a movie that really is for kids. I just love remembering this time where this movie and Princess Diaries were out at the same time. It was a great time. They're both from 2001. And then that year obviously ended poorly. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this was like the last great gasp of the future before there wasn't one. Oh, I you know. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't mention this at the top, but this film takes place from September 3rd to September 7th, 2001. <laughs> oh, my God. This was literally the last fresh breath of pre-9-11 America. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, no. Max Keeble's not that big, guys. It's just... <laughs> no, I know. No. You better be playing that song right now. I am playing the song, <laughs> believe me. This is just 
a great story about, you know, standing up for the little guy. Exactly. Standing up for yourself. That too. Uh, it's important right now. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I just, I know it starts out as an exercise in chaos theory for Max. Exactly. But he comes around to the place of, if you're going to cause chaos, make sure it's benefiting the little guy. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just never forget what he told his dad. If you stand up for yourself and then show that you're not afraid, people won't have power over you exactly. anymore. Exactly. Thanks, Max. Yeah. You were my earliest teacher of that. That's Thanks, so Alex nice. D. Linz. I know, and now he's teaching the rest of the world. He's also really cute now. Is he really? Yeah, we should go look at pictures. <laughs> of adult Max? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. What a cutie. So that's that for that. <laughs> well, don't say it that way. <laughs> well, that's that for that, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. What are we doing next? Oh, Ross. I, I think you'll like this. Oh, will I? I think you'll like this very much. Okay. Guys, next week we will be covering the 2002 film Big Fat Liar. Oh, my God. Guys, Malcolm, Amanda, John Adams. Yeah, guys, this is a perfect time to cover Big Fat Liar because <laughs> Paul Giamatti is obviously the star of John Adams, which we're covering on the Patreon. So I think that both for people listening and for us, yes. it's going to be drop dead hysterical to watch Paul Giamatti behave the way he does in this movie. Paul Giamatti in Big Fat Liar versus Paul Giamatti in HBO's John Adams. They're two separate entities, I'm telling you. I was going to say species. Yeah. They're two different species. <laughs> oh my god. God. Anyway, so look out for that next week. In the meantime, please be following us on Twitter at KickNStream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. Please, if you want to reach out to us, contact us at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. And that's with an and, not an ampersand. Don't forget, folks, go over to the Patreon and look at what we've got so far. I promise you, I am busting my ass to bring you guys some good content for She the sure feed. is. I really am. It's become my life lately. But it's a labor of love. Mm -hmm. I love you guys. I love Ross. Oh, she does. She I, loves me. I love that I'm I able to give you this John Adams thing. Thank you so much. So, yeah, go check it out. It's great stuff so far. Mm -hmm. I'm having a lot of fun. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mom. Mom.